We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me, friend of the show, Will Jackson. Will, how are we doing? Uh, not the best that uh, I felt after Nets victory, but uh, I certainly won't complain after one. Uh, Could have been better, but uh, a win is a win, is how I oh. feel about this one. Yep, a win is a win. They bounced back after the loss to Golden State. They beat the Cavs tonight, 109-99. Cavs really shorthanded. No Colin Sexton, no Jared Allen, no Evan Mobley. But... You know, the Nets made it interesting at the end. They had to grind this out. But as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. Now, Will, what would be your initial reaction from this game? Uh, you know, this is a game where I wish I could have told you that the Nets would have looked a lot better with Kyrie or Joe Harris or Paul Millsap. But honestly, I just really feel like the Nets didn't have a lot of energy until late in the fourth quarter where James Harden kind of turned it around. This is one where I feel like maybe if they had, you know, Joe Harris, it looks a little different, but overall, it just kind of felt like a lazy effort for most of the guys. LaMarcus Aldridge was great. If there's like one or two positive, it's Aldridge and Patty Mills in this one, as they have been for most of the season. But overall, just not the prettiest Nets win of the year by far. Yeah, it felt like at different points in this game, they could have blew this one open. You know, they're up 16 at half maybe start the third strong and they could turn into a 20, 25 point lead. But instead they allowed Cleveland to get back in the game and kind of just hang around all night. Not to the point where you thought they were going to win just to the point where you had to play your starters. You still had to play Kevin Durant, James Harden, you know, 37 and 36 minutes. You know, you like to see that number down against a team like Cleveland. There just wasn't really high energy and effort. And, you know, some of that's too, because the offense was so stagnant and missing guys like Kyrie and Joe Harris, there was just lineups out there and it's like, really, what do you want Kevin Durant and James Harden to do with some of these guys? I think at one point it was like James Johnson, Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown. And it's like, 
there is literally no spacing on the floor. You're clogging the paint for your own players. And some of that's just limitations with injuries, but it's also kind of a lack of creativity, I think, from Steve Nash and a willingness to maybe try some of these young guys. Right. And, you know, this is a, a back-to-back. This is a game where Kevin Durant and James Harden, like you said, played a lot of minutes. And against the Cavs team that you mentioned is down a lot of players. This is one where you probably would have wanted those two guys to miss the fourth quarter and just, you know, play Kessler Edwards or Cam Thomas. And I'm actually kind of surprised that we didn't see Kessler Edwards at all in this one, considering that I don't think that he looked bad at all in uh, garbage time minutes against the Warriors. But overall, it's just, you know, like I said, a game where you probably don't want to play Kevin Durant or James Harden all too much, but you ended up playing uh, them 36 and 37 minutes. Yeah, and I think against lesser competition, obviously Cleveland's having a great season, but they're missing some key pieces and they're throwing out some guys that just honestly aren't very good. This is a great opportunity to maybe get Kessler Edwards some real NBA minutes or maybe even get Cam Thomas some real NBA minutes, especially when your team just is lacking some of that pop, you know, second night of a back-to-back. Cleveland's just not that exciting of an opponent, even if the guys were healthy and guys weren't really juiced up and you get some new energy from, you know, the youth. And that could be a spark that kind of elevates you a little bit more. And also just like Kessler Edwards and Cam Thomas can both shoot threes. The Nets played a lot of players tonight that were just not an option from three. And that really killed the spacing and made life that much more difficult for the other guys. Yeah. I mean, Javon Carter is someone that, you know, has not, he struggled out to start the season to say the least, but one of six from Three for him tonight, uh, looking at the overall numbers, just 12-32 on the night for the Nets from three. It's definitely a night where you probably would want to at least see Kessler Edwards get some minutes considering that what he brings in the two-way game. But um, overall, just again, a disappointing night from the Nets, but a win is a win, like we said. Exactly. We could probably dwell on this for a while, but at the end of the day, it's really not going to be that important. I think let's start off with James Harden, though. 27 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 12 of 12 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 6 turnovers. Like you mentioned earlier, Will, James kind of turned it up at the end of this game and kind of sealed the deal. What do you think of James Harden tonight? Yeah, it was really that steal in the block late in the fourth quarter that kind of and the, and, the, and the dagger three later that really made me feel like he had a a better game than what I thought in the first three quarters. Uh, 12 of 12 from the free throw line. You like to see that from him, considering what happened at the beginning of the season. It's nice to see him get back to uh, what makes him one of the best players in the NBA. Also, the 10 rebounds. He's always going to have a high rebound, high assist number. But again, just filling up the statute is normal. I'd like to see him probably not kick out to Blake as much as he has been doing, just because of how bad Blake Griffin has been to start the season. We'll talk about Blake Griffin later. But um, overall, I, I think it's a solid performance from James Harden, and when it mattered, he stepped up, and I think that's all you can ask for him in, uh, against this Cavs team. Yeah, and I think uh, Matt Brooks put out a tweet tonight, you know, maybe James Harden just needs to start taking some of these floaters instead of kicking out to Blake Griffin or Bruce Brown because it's really just losing the advantage for the offense, making kind of it even more stagnant because the ball's sticking to Blake a little bit. He's hesitating on that three-point shot, and I felt like Harden was one of the guys impacted by the bad lineups. You know, KD's going to shoot over anybody whenever he really wants to, but Harden driving to the paint, now he's meeting three bodies. Sometimes that got him free throws. Other times it kind of got him a kick out or a turnover. So I think he's being hurt by the spacing, but I will say this is a good game from James Harden. And like you mentioned, he turned it up in the fourth and he really sealed the deal. This is probably one of the only games this season where you could probably say that James Harden was better than Kevin Durant. Yeah, and I mean, you know, like you said, he's uh, missing some of the spacing. He's definitely the guy who's affected most by the absence of Joe Harris. 
Um, and I don't know exactly how long Joe's going to be out for, but if Joe's out for an extended period of time, you probably would like him to see, you know, up the shot total more in the coming games. Agreed. Especially even, like I said, even if it's some of those floaters, some more even step back threes, whatever it is, you know, you're a lot better offensive option than most of the guys in this team at this <clears> point. So, and I think he's also impacted by not having Nick Claxton out there, not having that rim runner, a guy who can catch right. hoops. We did see LaMarcus although, catch, catch although one tonight. LaMarcus Aldridge turned, to, turned back the clock today. Yeah, that was a tough oop, too. That wasn't even an easy one, so uh, credit to him on that. I guess switching over to LaMarcus, 24 points, 11 of 19 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 3 offensive, 2 assists, 1 block, 1 turnover. LaMarcus has really been a savior for this team, just giving them that scoring production without Kyrie Irving and obviously Joe being out. Yeah, I mean, just overall this season, he shocked me in, in the consistency that he's brought to this team, but Speaking specifically on tonight, he's kind of was just that one guy where, you know, whenever he shot it, you felt like it's going in. And he's the one guy that felt like everybody on the Nets trusted to go to from mid-range because he's just been so consistent from the mid-range of the season, about as consistent as Kevin Durant from mid-range of the season. Um, 30 minutes feels like a lot from him, but considering his minutes last night, um, I don't mind it at all. I was actually, I'm sure that we mentioned it on the show yesterday that, you know, whatever he played yesterday didn't feel like enough. And then the 30 minutes a day kind of feels like a lot. But if you balance that out over two days, I guess it's fine. But it's good to see him back in the rotation getting his normal minutes because he's definitely a massive piece of this team. He had some really good moments defensively and offensively tonight. Yeah, and I think also, like, with Blake Griffin playing poorly, like, LaMarcus just was the option that Steve Nash had to go to. Millsap obviously out. Claxton obviously out. It's just like he had to rely on him, and he was just one of the, you know, the probably the third best net tonight. You know, you can make, argue even higher. Like, Kevin Durant was still good. He just didn't seem super engaged in this game. LaMarcus was right. a little bit more active in some of the actions and just effort level at different points and kind of wanting the ball. So, I mean, like I said, a savior for this team. He's just been really, really good. I mean, this is better than he was in San Antonio, you know, the last two seasons. Like, he's, you know, shooting at really high rate for mid-range, like you mentioned, and also just doing a great job of playing off of James Harden. I think I'm not super surprised, but at the same time, a little surprised at how well they've meshed together and that, like, new adjustment to Harden because he's never really played with a, a pick-and-pop big like LaMarcus. Right, and it's interesting to see them kind of develop throughout the season and as it, and as it goes on. But overall, um, I think James Harden is adjusting to playing with LaMarcus Aldridge, but more importantly, Aldridge is adjusting to playing James Harden. Yep, and I think it's definitely tough because Harden is a, a different type of player and obviously the way he sees the floor and different things, but they're continuing to improve that relationship. And LaMarcus, you also mentioned defensively. You know, there's a couple times he got switched on, he got beat, but you like the effort level. I think defensively he's looking a lot better than Blake out there, especially in a lot of these positions yeah. in terms of being a presence in the paint. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. No, for sure, for sure. If we want to move on to Blake Griffin, one of five from three, of two, uh, of two from three, one of five from the floor. It's just another kind of lackluster, disappointing performance from Blake offensively and defensively. He did have five assists tonight, which if you want to give him credit for that, go ahead. But overall, um, there were definitely some effort level plays where I feel like he lacked on tonight. And there were definitely some plays where it's just like, it feels like I don't know what he's necessarily doing on the floor. He kind of looks lost at times, but it's just definitely a area where the Nets need to improve upon. Yeah, he looks like he's starting to get frustrated too. You can see bad body language on some of these mysteries. And now like he's getting frustrated when somebody's missing a defensive switch or somebody's scoring on him. And it's just like, uh, it's just kind of all compounding together and making things even tougher for Blake. And obviously he, he wants to play better, but he just literally can't. His impact on the floor was really limited from a scoring perspective and teams are just not showing him any type of respect defensively. You know, we saw it a lot in the golden state game. The Cavs picked up on that. I think a lot of teams are going to start picking up on that and just clogging the paint until Blake can knock down some of these threes. He like he can, you know, dribble handoff, handle the ball, had a couple good passes, but defensively too, he's not amazing. Like he's, he's taking charges. And other than that, you know, you can expect him to be in the spot, but his on ball defense isn't extraordinary by any means. Right, and he's someone that the Nets relied to a lot last season, especially when guarding Giannis in the playoffs. And if yep. the Nets want to have success against those more physical bigs, like we're lucky we weren't playing someone like Evan Mobley or Jared Allen tonight, even though they're not physical like Giannis, they're definitely bigs who can dominate the paint. If we're playing opponents like that down the line, um, where we face Embiid, where we face Giannis, where we face Anthony Davis, whoever it will be, it's definitely an area where we're going to rely on Blake Griffin, and he definitely needs to show more effort than what he's shown so far this season. Yeah, I think the effort then also just like he's such a negative offensively right now that they need to find a way to either get him in the groove or just put him in some different lineup combinations where maybe he's not being utilized as much. But it's going to be interesting. I think Steve Nash said that they were going to stick for him for a while. You know, obviously, I think a lot of fans are asking for him to be pushed to the bench and maybe put LaMarcus in the starting lineup or even just test out, you know, Paul Millsap with some of these starters at different points of the season. So definitely a storyline to keep an eye on for the Nets and how he progresses. Do you have any type of faith, Will, that he will get the three-point shot back? The three-point shot, I'm not completely sold on, but I am convinced that 
at least defensively, and some parts of his offense, offensive game will pick up. I mean, we still see that he's able to dunk. We still see that he's able to drive. We still see that he's able to pass pretty well. He had five assists tonight. But uh, the three-point shot, I'm not going to be confident in it until I see him actually hit it consistently because this season has just been – it's been dreadful, Yeah, to put it in one word. It's like he needs a week where he hits a lot of shots. If not, it's just going to be a thing that kind of hangs over his head until he can, you know, have that impact. But moving over to Kevin Durant, 23 points, 9 of 16 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 turnover. Not that it was a bad Kevin Durant game, but you just didn't feel him a lot in that fourth quarter in that second half. You know, some people said maybe he's fatigued, maybe the shoulder's bothering him, or possibly, you know, rolling his ankle earlier in the game. Yeah, it could be any one of those factors, but it's also just hysterical that you talk about someone shooting over 55% from the field, over 60% from three, and we're talking about it as a negative mm-hmm. game for someone. I mean, yeah. obviously, if, as Nets fans, we want Kevin Durant to be the best that he can be, and tonight that wasn't that wasn't what we saw. But overall, I'm never going to complain about an effort like that, even if it is from our superstar. We got the win. Kevin Durant shot efficiently like he does. Um but overall, it's just nothing to complain about. It's just obviously, I'd like to see the effort. But again, you mentioned all these factors. He could be hurt. Uh, he could be tired. He played 37 minutes after playing again last night. It's And it's not like it's easy playing, uh, getting older in the NBA. So, you know, a bunch of factors played into it. But again, nothing, nothing to complain about about Kevin Durant in this one, really. Exactly. He's still a positive for this team in so many different aspects. And I think also physicality of the, you know, the league this year and just getting so much attention, like we mentioned at the start of the show, just guys are keying in more on Kevin Durant and James Harden just because there aren't as many guys in this roster that can kill them, especially with Harris and Kyrie out. Right. And it's definitely he's another guy who's missing Joe Harris. He's another guy because that just takes that much more pressure off of him on this offense. You know, his. I don't know his exact usage rate this season, but I'm sure that it's definitely well above league average because he's just been our go-to guy. He's been taking the most shots. Obviously, he's been efficient. He's been the reason that we're a top three seed in the East, but I'd like to see at some point maybe him get a rest day or him definitely get a game where he's under 30 minutes because tonight was not not ideal in terms of the the effort on the court. Yeah, and you think looking at this game that maybe that possibly would be the night to give him off with Cleveland being so shorthanded. But obviously, you know, they didn't do that, and it could have led to a loss just given how they played tonight. But moving to Bruce Brown, 8 points, 3 of 6 in the field, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Bruce stuffed the stat sheet, and he was definitely grinding out there defensively. Look, that's what he does, and the Nets have been a lot better since he's been put back in the rotation. I know he missed the first couple games of the season. Um, he just brings in energy defensively and, and offensively because he grabbed uh, a few offensive rebounds tonight where it's just it, it's something that the Nets were missing earlier in the season, and it's definitely something that they need, They especially with the way that the lineup looked tonight. There are times when the offense, like you said, can get stagnant. The team can kind of get down on themselves. The will let teams go on runs, but Bruce Brown kind of always feels like that one guy where, you know, he'll grab a really nice rebound, even though he's only a guard, right? Um, yeah. He's definitely someone that I rely on, and, you know, his Florida game was pretty decent tonight. He didn't shoot a three, which I kind of find, found surprising, but overall, it's just, again, another game from Bruce Brown that I'm not going to complain about because he was a positive overall. 
Yeah, I mean, Bruce plays his role. And I think if Blake was knocking down threes, his role would be even easier. And I think that's something where Steve Nash has to consider about trying to optimize some of these lineups offensively. We know defensively the Nets have been top 10 in defensive rating, but this is essentially, the Nets are going to win a championship. It's more likely to be offensive related. Obviously the defense can be good, but I think trying to utilize these guys and create more space on the floor, I think would help everybody on the roster but obviously to do that you need guys to knock down threes and like you mentioned too i'd love to see bruce to consistently at least shoot one three per game you know even some games take two or three of their there because it just has the possibility of opening up the offense a little bit more yeah i mean you mentioned the spacing when it's bruce brown uh deandre Bembry, and james johnson on the floor together and if bruce brown can even hit you know one or two game on like four or five shots that just open up so much more potential for someone like James Harden in this offense. Agreed. And I think that's just an issue right now is the lack of three-point shooting and Nash's unwillingness to try some of the young guys in that role. And then other guys just not shooting well from three. Blake shot, you know, close to 40% last year. Javon Carter's, you know, career number, I think, is like a shade under 40%. So these guys just aren't hitting threes. And I think that's – and teams are kind of just saying, like, wait and see. You know, if you're not hitting them, then we're not going to defend you out there. We're going to send more pressure to you. But a guy who was knocking down his threes tonight, Patty Mills, 21 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 6 of 12 from three, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 1 rebound, 2 assist, uh, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 turnover. Patty had a great game and was somebody who did bring some pop to the game. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely been one of the most consistent players on the team this season. Um, he's definitely, I like the move that Nash made putting him in the starting lineup for Joe Harris because he's kind of, in a way, filled that role. He creates a little bit more for himself than Joe Harris does, but playing with James Harden, it's so important to have someone who's a solid three-point shooter, and Patty Mills has been that this season. You know, another 50% game from three this season, another six threes from him. It's kind of insane. He also, what he brings is a very solid defensive game, is what I've noticed, and I think what stands out for me most from him this game is that he was a plus 19 on the stat sheet and I know that we don't live or die by the plus minus but compared to the way that all the other Nets looked tonight uh, he was by far the leader in plus minus on the team tonight just because he was able to hit his shots so consistently and he's definitely someone that shined for the Nets in this one. Yeah, he always plays with good energy. You know, sometimes the shot might be a little inconsistent. I think even he's also one of these guys sometimes where he takes a shot and you're like, oh, don't take that shot. Oh, it goes in and you're like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> like, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? I also do. One thing I love about Patty is like his ability to kind of sneak under the boards and steal a rebound. We saw that tonight. Mm-hmm. And then he pulled up from three. Those are just some really big momentum plays. And I think that's something you can count on Patty Mills for is those momentum plays and those like pop plays. And I think as the team gets healthy and they find more rhythm, it's going to lead to more easy opportunities for him 12 threes though a 12 three attempts is a lot but that you're not going to get that every single night but when you're playing a team like cleveland who's not necessarily playing all their great players you can get some of those easy looks for him like happened tonight and also some looks he kind of just created himself with just taking some contested threes right and if you're hitting 50 percent of them i'm not that mad at him taking 12 shots right no and if joe the offense right, and if it. joe harris right and if joe harris is in this lineup he's not taking 12 so like you said, against this, while we're shorthanded and Cleveland shorthanded too, but while we're shorthanded, I definitely don't mind him getting a volume of shots like that. Because the Nets offense you typically is better when they're taking more threes and they're open threes, especially when it's the quote-unquote right people. Patty Mills is one of those guys you want taking those shots. So good offense Absolutely. to generate those looks for him. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, zero points tonight, but 
had uh, one assist. He played a lot of minutes and didn't get any points, but he played yeah. great defense. He played 18 minutes tonight, but I thought he played some good defense. I mean, he's honestly, in my opinion, one of the best guys in terms of like closeouts. Like he's so good at closing out on opposing players without fouling and out compromising his position. He does a great job kind of crowding them at the three point line while still maintaining defensive stance. Yeah, no, he's definitely been one of the more surprising additions for me this offseason. I mean, I knew that coming in that he was going to be a solid defender, but he's actually really opened my eyes, and I'm glad that, you know, Nash is incorporating him into rotations more and more. I do wish that he could develop a little bit more consistency on the offensive end because he's kind of, at this point, a negative on the offense. But defensively, he just brings so much. And again, where it's a night where Patty Mills is hitting a shot and – you know, you have James Harden and Kevin Durant playing fine. I don't mind him getting the minutes that he did tonight. And, you know, the defense that, like you mentioned, he does such a good job in closing out. He does such a good job with so many, like, little things on defense that does that don't show up on the stat sheet but are really important to this team that I'm really – I really like that he's being incorporated in the rotation more and more. Yeah, and I think if you had, you know, that superstar, you know, trio, if you had Kyrie Irving healthy, it's a lot easier to play some of these – you know, lesser offensive players because Kyrie can just turn, you know, nothing into something. And it's just kind of creating more space and more gravity in terms of like these stars are all getting their own guy. And now things are opening up a little bit more. So I think the roster, and we've talked about this a lot in the buzz and it's been a topic on that Twitter, it's designed for three stars and with one missing, it's a little bit harder because now some of these lesser offensive players are pushed into a higher role or defenses are kind of able to push off them or just not necessarily give them respect. He does a great job of kind of driving to the rim, but when the paint is congested, there's really not much you can do there. Similar to Bruce Brown, he's the guy I think you'd like to see take, you know, one or two threes a night just to kind of try to keep the defense honest. No, definitely. If he can become a solid three-point shooter, I think that open, not even a solid three-point shooter, but if he becomes a guy that, you know, can at least make the defense respect him a little bit to the point where they just don't leave him completely open. And like I said with Bruce Brown, like we said with Blake Griffin, that just opens up so much more for this offense. 100%. And a guy who we expect to be at least a solid three-point shooter and really hasn't been that guy, Javon Carter, four points tonight, one of six from the field, one of two from the free throw line, one assist. Um, Javon Carter just has been very underwhelming so far this season. Yeah, he's been a negative when he's been on the court. And, you know, obviously, I don't think that he's even getting minutes if Kyrie is playing, but we can't even think about that at this point because it's not an option. Um, he's just been someone that you want, you kind of wanted to take over as that, you know, kind of ball, that tertiary ball handler to James Harden and Patty Mills, but he hasn't really even been able to do that super well. He's at least solid defensively. That's one thing that I can say about him on the yep. perimeter, but um offensively he's just he's as much as the negative as deandre Bembry and bruce brown and blake griffin at this point if not more just because going one to six from three is is especially because a lot of his looks are open looks it feels like wide with, open you know the wide open looks that with the opportunities that james harden and patty most create for him um it's just i don't want to say it's unacceptable or inexcusable but like it's definitely costing us a lot of opportunities to play some of the younger guys like cam thomas or kessler edwards because if he were able to hit at his normal 40% rate, this game is not even close. Yeah, I think that's where you're looking at. And I think that's where you potentially have to look at maybe playing, you know, Kessler Edwards or Cam Thomas in that role, just given, you know, Javon Carter's playing in a lot of small lineups. It's not like the Nets are actually asking him to play point guard. They have other guys that can handle the ball and bring it up in this situation. So I think his minutes definitely have to be up for grabs to an extent. It's, you know, 
there is potential with these young guys, and they might be able to bring something. If they don't, they don't. But I think Nash should look to at least try them out to an extent. Yeah, especially with Cam Thomas's ability to create his own shot. I know at the NBA level, he hasn't really been able to do it as well as he did in college and in the summer league in the preseason that we saw. But, I mean, it's at least worth giving a shot because I doubt that he's going to shoot worse than what Javon Carter has done this season. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think the one thing with Cam is that he has to probably prove to Nash is like if he can play defense with a lot of energy, I mean, he's probably not going to shoot one to six. And if he does, I'd rather see him get those reps out there so we know who he is and as he can kind of develop the season and possibly something later down the line. I don't really have necessarily high hopes for Javon Carter to improve drastically this season. Maybe he starts shooting well from three, but other than that, we kind of know who he is. Right. And like I said, at least he's solid, a solid enough player on the defensive end where you don't absolutely hate his minutes. But if he's not hitting his three-point shot at all, then he's borderline unplayable. Yeah. And I think offensively, I will give him a little credit. He does a great job setting off ball screens and kind of making some of these little plays. But you need to do a little bit more than that at the NBA level. But talking James Johnson, zero points tonight, but played 23 minutes, was plus 16, 0-3 from the field, 0-2 from the free throw line, nine rebounds, four assists, one steal, one turnover. And I think by far, these were probably the best minutes we've seen from James Johnson in Nets uniform. I am so down for point James Johnson. I mean, the way that some of the handles that he had tonight, some of the passes they made tonight were pretty impressive for someone his size and someone who has his resume where you don't really think of him as really a, a passer. But, you know, he did a lot defensively for us with the nine rebounds. And then offensively, he kind of did a really good job, you know, setting up for other guys, making some of those extra passes that you like to see from him. Uh, you know, scoring-wise, um, I'm not really concerned because he's not someone that I would – really think to score more than a couple points a game. But if he's doing those extra things, then I thought he was definitely positive on the court tonight. Yeah, and I think the shots even he missed, there were layups that I think he'd want back and he could probably make. He looked more lively tonight. Like a lot of the other minutes we've seen this season from him, he looked like slow legs, not super locked in. But tonight, right off rip, it was like two good offensive possessions. You mentioned some of the passing and then even just kind of being an initiator to create the offense, running pick and roll with LaMarcus Aldridge, one play where he dropped it off, got the easy layup for L.A. And it's just like, you know, that's something the second unit could desperately need because we've seen lineups where they're pretty much doing a lot of nothing running around the perimeter. Not to say that James Johnson is going to be the savior, but just something to keep an eye on if he can give this team some solid minutes and kind of get a little bit more in shape. I think his conditioning probably isn't exactly there. He could probably move a little bit better. But right now, like, there there could be something with James Johnson. No, for sure, for sure. He's definitely someone that has the resume of being on good teams, and he brings a lot to a lot of NBA teams that we've seen in the past. But, um, no, definitely someone who I could see getting more rotation minutes as the time goes on. And I think he'd be an option if he does start playing well and Nash starts to trust him as a small ball option. You know, obviously the issue in Golden State, the Nets had issues matching up. They didn't really have that small ball lineup or they don't really have a great small ball lineup at this exact moment in time just with some of the injuries. But James Johnson can give you that four or five combo with KD where you still are maintaining a good amount of defensive versatility. Absolutely. Will, any other thoughts on this game? Any other takeaways or something you want to see moving into Friday's game with Orlando? Uh, aside from playing Kessler Edwards or Cam Thomas a little bit more, um, I mean, it's always great seeing Ed Davis back on the court. I just want to give a shout out to yep. him. He was just such a big part of that 2018 team that the Nets had. Um, obviously would have liked to see Jared Allen this one, but um, 
kind of what I said towards the beginning of the show, this was a Cavs team that, like you mentioned, was down four borderlines, I think four starters for them. Um, and it's definitely a game where you want to put it away early so you don't have to play Kevin Durant 37 minutes, James Harden 36 minutes on a back-to-back. But overall, it's definitely not a win is win. Like we said, I think that's going to be the mantra of this episode is that a win is a win. It was ugly at times. You know, the guy stepped up when we needed it too, but uh, a win is a win. Yeah, and I think a win is a win. And obviously, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to count them all up. We're not going to look back and be like, well, this one could have had style points. But I think, like you said, the bigger point here is taking care of business so you can get rest for these guys. This game was an opportunity to be ended in the third quarter. You know, there was a chance for them to go up big, go up 25. Maybe Harden and KD have to come back for a few minutes. But for the most part, they're playing closer to 30 instead of closer to 40. And also, you know, maybe against Orlando, try out some of these young guys like we talked about. I think they need to get some infusion of energy. This is an older team. There's a lot of veterans. Every game's not going to be exciting, but every game's going to be exciting to a rookie. Right. And looking just at the next week and half of the schedule, we play the Magic, the Cavs again, and the Timberwolves. So there's definitely going to be some opportunity to get some of those younger guys some more minutes and potentially finally for the first time this season give KD or James Harden a little bit of rest because they definitely at times look fatigued on the court. Yeah, uh, definitely don't want that wear and tear as, you know, that minutes start to add up throughout the season. And also with those three teams you mentioned, a lot of youth on those teams. And you don't want to, you know, force your vets to just be running up and down the court. I think it's just a good opportunity to, like I said, infuse that youth. But, Will, always a pleasure having you on. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. And check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.